President Biden gives a speech that appears to completely divide the entire country. Uh, there's some who view his speech as very divisive, and there's others who view it as not divisive, but not necessarily unifying either. There was a lot of content in this speech that could have made this probably one of the best speeches that Biden has ever given. But he made some choices that resulted in there being a side that viewed that speech as being a direct attack on them. So in this video, we're going to cover why that is. Why is it that people viewed this speech as being divisive? And just review the speech in general and just see what was the real impact of this and try to take into consideration both sides of the aisle. Now, this video is really intended for those who are trying to understand why it is that there are people who viewed his speech as being divisive and to give you an answer for why that is. And then to just talk in general about what the speech is, what is the quality of the speech, what was all in it, and talk about how that's impacting both sides of the aisle. So that's what we're going to be talking about today on The Way of Will. Okay, so what I have on the left here is the actual speech that Joe Biden gave. Now, this is on New York Times. This is their transcript of the speech that he gave in Philadelphia. So as we go into this discussion, it's important to know that you, you need to be open-minded coming into this, right? I'm not representing one side or the other here, but I am trying to show the reason why it is that one side views this speech as, yeah, not really all that divisive, and then the other side does view it as being really quite significantly divisive and trying to figure out why exactly that is. So as we go through this video, understand there's not one side being taken and one side being, I'm just describing to you what the reality of the situation is and why it is that if the Democrats want to win in the midterms, um, they have a message that they can have that they should stick with. And it would be one that the country can unify around. Now, it doesn't matter what the Democrats say. The Republicans will always counter to it because they also want to win this election as well. But the point is, when you want to be a party uh, or just, you know, for the sake of President Biden, if you just want to be an individual uh, who wants to unify the country, you have to use wording and messaging uh, and imagery that is itself uniting. You can't combine two different things, one that has the appearance of division uh, and one, a message that's trying to unify and expect that you're going to bring about unity. Your, your imagery, your messaging, all these things have to come together. And as we go through and we kind of evaluate everything about this speech that he gave, one can easily come if you're, just, if you're just honestly trying to be objective. You're just honestly really wanting to understand what the impact of this particular speech, what that impact was on the people of our country. And if you honestly have a want to, to unify our country, you should be evaluating it this way. Um, and so that's what we're going to be kind of evaluating. But we're just going to go through the speech and, and touch on a couple of items. So the first one, of course, is, is the imagery. Um, definitely a good idea to go to Philadelphia, right? I mean, that that is a place that we can go to where we can all agree, right? I do believe that on both sides of the aisle, we all believe that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, um, when those were created, 
they share in principles and presuppositions going into them that really are the backbone of our nation. The, the concepts, the beliefs, the, the perceptions and understandings of the real world, um, what is identified in these documents really represent the founding generation of our nation um, and what you know formed our nation from just being 13 disparate colonies to being a unified uh, people. And even though every state has its own interests and its own things that it, uh, that it does, together they all saw themselves as Americans. So this is a great place to start when you're trying to come to a unifying message. You want to get back to your roots, uh, get back to, to where the founding era was and, and what it was trying to do in that time. And we were, we were all united. We were 13 different colonies that decided to come together to, to ally together and even though we have differences of opinions on things like slavery, we had difference of opinions on economy and, and other things like that. Um, and we had different interests. The South was very agricultural. The North was becoming um, very, uh, uh, you know, city oriented in, in a lot of non-agricultural ways, though they had their own agriculture. But business and, you know, shipbuilding and trade and all these other things were pretty significant in, in the northern states. And there was a balance that was to be made there. And they achieved that. So just to kick off, that's really great. Now, where he went south with it was in what we can kind of see in this image here that's on, on the New York Times uh, transcript of his speech. Now, we can see the blue and the red that is in there. And I can, I can definitely see the value in that, right? It's showing blue and red. He put the red in the center. And I think that, that if whoever was trying to do this maybe had a really good, uh, honest intention to show um, may, maybe some type of unity in there, right? The, the red's in the middle, the red is behind Biden. Uh, the red typically represents one party being the Republicans and the blue is the Democrat party. Um, and it shows the, the blue on both sides. And maybe the honest intent was to just show that um, he wants to bring to the forefront the Republican party and he's trying to communicate to the Republican party uh, that he prefers, that he's trying to reach out to and trying to bring peace with. Now, maybe a, a, what would more than likely have been a better view of imaging of this would have been to do this during the daytime and not have any lighting on this at all. Do this in the light, right? And that was a big part of his message, as, as we'll get through here in a minute, was to be the light of the nation, right? Our nation is a light unto the world. That's a beautiful message. And that's something that we can all stand behind and that we can all unite behind. We want to be a, a city on a hill. We want to be that, that light that all the world turns to and wants to reflect uh, and wants to absorb and become that light too. That's a beautiful message. But they missed that opportunity in doing that when they did it this way. They did it at night. They lit up the hall in red. And what you, you've probably seen on Twitter and social media and everywhere else is this image that's closed in where you don't see the blue on the sides. But instead, there's that dark shadow in the windows behind them. It's a very red, uh, dark blood red kind of color behind it. And, and that tends to uh, not exactly put off the best vibe in your speech. Um, and that image that's been going around where it shows both his fist up and he's got an angry face on and there's a red background, all of that imagery does not help to try to bring and, and whenever you're trying to give a message of unity, that, that that's an imagery that does not match with a want to give imagery. And then, then the anger that he had as he was giving his speech that, that could be felt and seen in the way he spoke um, it did not bode well for his attempts to try to bring a unifying message, right? So, so that's one thing. 
Now, just just to kind of be off the bat and just kind of cover that, right? That's been a meme that's been going around. Well, it's become a meme <laughs> as people have been fiddling around with it and stuff. But it, that, that's an important part. Uh, and we need to know that when they came into this, let's, you know, let's just give the person who was trying to do the right thing, right? They're, they're of the belief that they want to unify the country and that the message the president is about to give is about being unifying. And they think that if we can, you know, there's a common enemy, right? And they're going to identify what this common enemy is and then unite both parties around going against that common enemy. Now, that's not the best message to come on, and we'll get into that here in a minute, when you're trying to unify the country, when we're in a time that we're not at war. Um, we're not in a state of war right now. We don't have an enemy that we're actively fighting against, right? So whenever you're trying to identify a common enemy in a time of peace, when we're trying to improve our relationships with our allies around the world, things like that, you, you don't want to lead off with that particular message. It's not a wise choice. And I, I think everybody can agree with that, right? We're, we're supposed to be in a time of peace. And this is something Biden should be, um, uh, you know, giving a strong, powerful message about. The Democrats should be doing that, right? Hey, to their credit, we are in a time of peace. Now, it's a separate discussion about how we pulled out of Afghanistan, you know, especially whenever it comes to Obama and how we pulled out of Iraq and, and the way that all that's a different message. But, you know, Set that aside. Hey, we're in a time of peace, right? We're, we're not at war with anybody right now. And so to come to a unifying message with the idea of there being a common enemy and trying to use a common enemy as a means of bringing us together, bad timing, man, really bad timing. And it makes it even worse when that common enemy you're trying to portray are actual citizens of, a, of the country, right? These are actual people uh, in your country, your citizenry, people you're supposed to be representing as the president, um, even if they didn't vote for you, right? You're supposed to be, uh, as the president, you're supposed to be that symbol of what unifies us together, that even though, um, you know, one party didn't win, the president represents more than just his own party. He's supposed to represent both sides of the aisle in the execution and, uh, you know, bringing about of the orders as given by Congress in the law, right? He's supposed to be enforcing that law uh, in a way that represents the will of the people. So let's just kind of carry on from here, right? My fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, he, he starts it off very, very strong, right? This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated, and we already talked about that. We the people, we the people. This is, this is very, you know, all of this is all unifying, right? It's we the people, we are the people, right? And hey, that's a beautiful message. These two documents and their ideas, they embody equality and democracy. Now, that's the first part where there starts to be a separation. Equality is not something that uh, has been a, a power message of the Democrat Party. They've been talking more about this concept of equity. And equity is about equal outcomes. It's not about equal treatment under the law. And when we go back to the founding documents and we understand the equality is about the equal treatment under the law, that there's no king, there's no aristocracy, there's no all people are equal in the, in the eyes of God and they each have rights that are guaranteed to them by their creator, right? Those are our founding pr principles. And then the other part of this being democracy, right? They're the Democrat Party. They talk about democracy all the time. And of course, there's that understanding that has been here for you know, the last couple of decades, at least as long as I've been in politics since I came uh, back from war uh, and once, once I got discharged from the Marine Corps, um, that, that's always been a point, right? We're a federated uh, federation of republic states, 
all right? We have guaranteed republics in each of these. And so that right there immediately becomes divisive, right? It's not equality and democracy upon which our, our country was founded upon. Uh, it was, uh, you know, an understanding of uh, human beings have the, the right to their life, the liberty, and the property. There's no need for a king. The government is not the center of everything. It's more than just any, you know, two particular things that you can try to grasp upon. And he chose two particular topics. Equality is one that, yes, we can all agree on. Hey, we all view each other as equals. There is nobody superior or beneath anybody here. And that equality is what uh, was being um, pursued in the endeavor of creating the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution was to guarantee that equality, uh, to find a balance of power, right? That's why we have the three branches of government when we look at our Constitution, trying to balance that power, the power being in the people, and the people have... Uh, representative uh, representatives in the Congress that that give an even representation of the people according to their numbers, um, and it, it's all about that balance of things. And then, as far as democracy goes, it wasn't a democracy. Most of our founders, those who studied our founders, were very much against democracy, and they believed the republic to be the the finest and and most efficient and effective way of of operating government. And that's why in our Constitution, it, it stated that states would be guaranteed a republican form of government. So he chose two things right out the gate that, that immediately kind of set everybody in, into a tizzy, right? Um, you know, for, for your average Joe Schmo, uh, for the, like, oh yeah, equality and democracy, that's good. You know, no, no, this is not, you know, the idea of us being a republic is not something that, you know, there's diehard people, you know, 90% of the population is diehard about, no, 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 we're a republic. No, there's, there's picky people like me that, that acknowledge the fact that we're a republic and not a democracy. You know, okay, that sets us off a bit. But immediately there, there's there's a uh, something that's off putting, all right. And so, but it's not anything significant. We'd hear it and be like, oh, okay, here he goes with the, the whole democracy thing again, right? And it's not that anybody's against democracy in the sense of we each have a right to vote for our representatives. That's a democratic process, right? Each, every citizen votes for who their representative is going to Congress. Nobody's against that. Not a single person anywhere in this country, unless they're an authoritarian and they're a small group of like 50 people somewhere that nobody's ever heard of, right? So uh, it became the greatest nation on earth, became a beacon to the world. This is all great messaging, but this is where it becomes divisive. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. By who? Who is out there that we have seen consistently week to week, month to month attacking the equality that we all see each other in, or our democracy in trying to become authoritarian over anybody. That, that, that's not real. There's nothing there that has done that. So as soon as, you know, average citizen, especially a person who's a Republican, is listening to this speech, and they hear all this initial talk that's very unifying uh, and very, you know, wonderful, right? It's good, positive messaging and whatnot. But where we're having a problem at here is that it's a but, as I stand here, equality and democracy are under assault. And in the eyes of Republicans, we don't see an assault occurring on equality and democracy. Now, Republicans do see that that their rights as Christians, because uh, you know Christianity is, is very strong amongst the Republican Party, uh, that our, our worldview and our beliefs are under attack by all these laws and all these things that are going on in schools and CRT and you hear all these common phrases and stuff. 
we we view that that our our you know rights as as Christians and being able to freely live out our values that's under attack, sure. But we don't view that equality is under attack or democracy is necessarily under attack. So whenever you say all of a sudden that equality and democracy are under assault, that's like wait, what? What are you talking about? Now again, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people you oppose. So now whenever I'm if I put myself in the shoes of the Democrat then I have to look at what have Democrats been seeing, what, what has been getting fed to them all this time? Well, all this time has been January 6th and that this was an assault on democracy. It was a riot. And it's the one riot that has been caused by you know, right-wing people um, out of many, many years, many, many years, a couple of decades, all right? Coming out of the Marine Corps and just you know, kind of being separate from the world for a bit. I go on, I watch the news. I haven't seen a right side uh, riot occur where they've gone around and destroyed private property and did all these things. I don't see that anywhere. Uh, and even whenever watching you know, popular news, I'm not seeing that. The only thing that is prominent, um, I mean, the last, thing, the last thing that they ever tried to portray as being something bad was the Tea Party pr uh, protests from you know, Obama at times. That was a long time ago. And those are just, they were all peaceful protests. They weren't riots. They weren't destroying private property and, and trashing things. So whenever they say all of a sudden that it's under assault and all that, like there's, there's no connection for that. But for the Democrat Party, there is a connection because January 6th has been blasted on the news over and over and over and over and over again. And it's very prominent in their mind. So for a Democrat, they're going to say, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There is, a, there is an attack on equality. There is an attack on democracy. So it's hard for the Democrat, having been uh, absorbed in, in all of these things about January 6th and this riot that occurred and, oh, it was an insurrection and uh, they were trying to overthrow, there was an attempt at a coup, uh, they were trying to prevent uh, the follow-on of the president, even though he was already elected president and what was going on that day was just ceremonial, um, that he was already president. But to them, it was like, oh no, if they, if they took out Congress, then that would be the end of our democracy. Even if they did take out Congress, that wouldn't be the end of our democracy. Right? We would still thrive on. That's the beauty of what our Constitution has built. Even if they did manage to do something horrible to, to Congress that day, even if something actually horrible was to have happened that day, we would still be a democracy. We would still have votes and, and people would be elected into office. We have means of, of covering that situation. And Biden would still have become president. That would not have changed. So whenever you say this stuff, for the Democrats, it makes sense, but for the Republicans, it doesn't because they don't view the event of January 6th as anything more than a riot. So immediately, just with this one phrase, you've already divided a nation on a sensitive, a sensitive subject where both sides agree, all right? Both sides agree. And, and you, if you're a Democrat, you may not be aware of this and, and it sucks that that's the case, but the reality is both sides of the aisle agree that the riot that occurred on January 6th was horrible. It should have never happened. When it comes to the Republican Party and you look at the history of our messaging about any protests we've done, you go back to the Tea Party, the message has always been peaceful protests. Martin Luther King, all following in his model and, in, and what he did in his protests. Every protest that we've done has been peaceful. And when you follow that record of all these events, that is the case. And so there's, there's an immediate division there. So tonight I've come to this place where it all began to talk about the threats we face as a nation and an incredible future. 
Uh, we must never forget, we the people, the true heirs, et cetera, et cetera. All right, the flame lit through the way, you know, great, great messaging here, right? A flame that lit our way through abolition, civil war, suffrage, Great Depression, World War, civil rights, beautiful messaging. Yes, that, that is the, the beautiful strength of America and how we've constantly sought to achieve greater equality of all people, uh, greater protections of every person's rights, um, being able to end racism in our country, which we did. Um, you know, the sacred flame still burns. That is very true. That's a wonderful message. And he should have stuck with just that message. He could have left out. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. All this messaging about there being an attack, he could have left all of that out. And this speech would have been beautiful. It would have been a wonderful message for the people to hear. I kind of place where I'll begin to speak. Threats that we face. Sure, there's threats, but these threats would have to be something outside of us. Not, not of a, another party or another internal group, right? So as he goes through, there's already, but at this point, we've already got, okay, hold on. What is, what is he, where is he trying to go with this, right? We're not at war. We, we don't have enemies attacking us right now. Sure, we have China and Russia and all this other kind of stuff going on, but there's no, there's no hard war going on. So who's he talking about? So we, the people of a burning inside, this is great messaging right here. He's doing great work. And then he says, that is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with myself. He could have left out that that is the work of my presidency because as soon as he turns it to my, now the message is about him. Now this is nothing more than a campaign speech. And boop, you immediately just turned off half the country, if not more than half the country because everybody hates campaign speeches. This is no longer a president speaking to the America to try to unite us. This is a guy that's running for president or a guy that's trying to get his party elected into Congress. So that was an immediate turnoff. And, and you know, whatever side you may sit on, we can all agree to that. I mean, like, okay, the president is not the one who made anything happen. All right, Trump was not the one. Obama wasn't the one. Bush wasn't the one. This guy's not the one, all right? It's the people. We are the ones who did this, all right? So whenever he says uh, the sacred flame still burns, now on our time we build an America that is more prosperous, free, and just, that is the work of my president. It is not your work, Mr. President. You need to give that to the people, the people in free markets and capitalism and the nat what we call the natural economy, all right? Natural, creative economy. That's what has allowed us to overcome all that nonsense with the lockdowns and all that stuff that happened. The only reason why we came back and why everything is as good as it is right now is because of the natural creative economy. It's not because of you. It's not because of Congress. It's not because of anything that anybody in Washington, D.C. did. It's because our people are amazing. That's the message. You want to unify us. That's the message. That regardless of our differences, we as people free have been able to overcome an entire shutdown of the world and come back strong and have uh, you know unemployment ridiculously low. Everybody's finding jobs. It, it's still a, a uh, employee's uh, market for jobs, right? We, that is all still there. And this is a great message. Now, sure, there's issues with inflation. We've got all the stuff going on with our, our relations with people overseas and how trade has happened and the supply chain shortages and all these other things that have happened. Yet, we only have a 3.5% unemployment. That's amazing, right? People are, are getting, are, are, everybody's got a job that's looking for a job, it seems, right? There's still people who struggle with that. Sure, there may be manipulation of numbers, all this other kind of stuff we talk about. But nonetheless, for some reason, which is the beauty of the natural creative economy, we're, we're good. 
we're pushing on. We're surviving. Now, inflation is kicking everybody's butt. Um, you know, ridiculously high pricing of housing is going to whip everybody's butt when it comes to taxes next year. All of these things are going on. So there's still there's still area that we need to fix and that some of the most recent actions of government aren't helping. But that's a strong message. And there's a lot of good, positive things that are the work of we the people, right? It's we the people that have done it. Not you, Mr. President, not Congress, not the Democrats, not the Republicans. We the people working together in peace in spite of our differences, in spite of our difference of opinion or anything else. We have a wonderful, prosperous nation. That's a good message. And that's what he should have stuck to. But yet again, this divisiveness, now it's, this is the work of my presidency. What? Why? Shoot. And if you really wanted to make it be about politicians, and sure, you should have said, taking on the positive things that my predecessor did and recovering from a lockdown that the world suffered through, we were able to continue on with the great things that he had done and be able to add more to it to make us now more prosperous as we all work together to overcome our hardships and difficulties. There you go. That Perfect. You didn't have to say me, my, I should have no place in this speech if your goal is to unify the country. And yet, he includes my. So here's another problem, right? And, and I'm sure anybody who's being objective or trying to be objective and just trying to understand things, you would agree with that. And we're, we're all sick of politicians saying that they're the ones who did this and they're the ones who did that. No, they didn't. We did. We, Republican and Democrat, coming together, serving each other in the natural creative economy, free to work together and to build together and to thrive together in spite of our political disagreements. We've been able to thrive and prosper. That's the message he should have gone with, but he didn't. And now this is where we get into it. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Uh, I'm sorry, are you not saying everybody is being dishonest? Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Here's where it is. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, right there is divisive, represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So he's saying the last man to be president, his predecessor, a man that was duly elected to be president by the people, all right, and the MAGA Republicans. Now, what does MAGA stand for? Make America great again. All right, it's make America great. And you're now calling out these people. When you say Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, you, I don't think Biden realizes, and I don't think a lot of Democrats realize, the Republican Party voted for Trump. It, it wasn't just the, if it was just, you know, the MAGA, the MAGA hats, right? And that's how I like to call them. They're just the MAGA hats. They're the people that are just die hard for Trump, absolutely want them. They're, they're a smaller number. All right. There's people who voted for Trump just because there's no way in hell they're going to vote for Biden. Right? There's no way in hell they're going to vote for Hillary. Not going to happen. Right. So they voted for Trump because he was the one that made it up there. He's the one that got the majority vote in the primaries and he became the Republican candidate for president. So they voted for him. And he, he followed through on a lot of the promises that he made. Some things, not so much. A lot of things he did to piss us all off. All right. And we're all standing right there with you. Yeah. The guy needs to shut up. He needs to get off of Twitter. Right. All these things that we all agree on about the guy. But he, he carried forward what it was we were striving to do. He was just a horrible representative of it, <laughs> to say the least. So now you're identifying right here, this is where the division starts. 
Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Okay, so now we're a republic. Well, thank you very much for acknowledging that we're a republic. Thank you. Um, but now you're saying that Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat. That is where the division starts. If you cannot see that he has now taken a whole subset of the nation and made them an enemy, in his eyes, we now know Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are not just merely political opponents, but they're an enemy. Extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That is strong, strong messaging. Then he goes into this next paragraph, right? And this is what, what every Democrat has been out there using as an example to try to defend the position that Biden's speech was not divisive, but instead was unifying. Now, now I want to be very, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Okay, that may be what you view. That is not how the Republicans view themselves. All right, you're giving messaging based on your perspective and based on your criticism. All right, this is not a, a positive thing, a positive statement to be making. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideologies. Okay, so now they're extreme ideology. So what is this extreme ideology that somehow separates a group of Republicans from all the other Republicans? See, this is divisive. <laughs> he's, he's trying to divide his opposing party by saying there's this kind of Republican and then there's these MAGA Republicans. Explain to me how that's not divisive. You are identifying a subset within another subset. You can't, you can't get more divisive than that. So I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. So now there's mainstream Republicans and then there's the MAGA Republicans. Now, exactly what that looks like and everything else, that is up for debate in everybody's minds, which makes this even worse. What makes a mainstream Republican or a MAGA Republican? What's the difference between the two? All this stuff. You're now having to get people that, that are Republicans listening to your speech here, right? We, we want to hear a unifying message from our president. It, out of anything, both sides, Democrats and Republicans, we want unity and, and peace in our nation. We all strive for that. We all want to enjoy peace in our land and not be at, at, you know, at our wit's end with one another anymore. We're so tired of it. We're so done with it. But now we can't even get, you know, not even a quarter of the way through the speech without all of a sudden now there's division being brought. You're trying to show a division in the Republican Party. You're trying to show a division between people who love country and who don't. And you're trying to put some group of people that are American citizens in this group who don't love America. That, that's a divisive statement, no matter how you slice it. You, I mean, the first thing a, a person has to do in the Republican side of the party is like, well, what, does that make me a MAGA Republican? Just because I voted for Trump because I had no other choice, there wasn't anybody else going? And now does that make me an extremist just because I voted for Trump? That doesn't make sense, all right? The, the individual parts may have characteristics which are not themselves a characteristic of the group, right? Uh, that makes sense. I think we're, we're, we can all agree to that, right? Because there was BLM and Antifa rioters that went and destroyed private property does that therefore mean that all Democrats are going to go out and destroy their neighbor's property? No, no. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people out there that are saying that point. And they're just as idiotic as Biden is being right now. And so this is where the divisiveness came, came in. Even when he's trying to not be divisive, he's being divisive. Because now he's trying to create a division in the Republican Party between these MAGA types and the non-MAGA types. 
So this is already divisive, even when he's trying to not be divisive, right? All right, so here's, here's where it gets even worse and the division becomes even more significant, right? Where we're saying that, sure, he's demonizing just the MAGA Republicans, right? This is, this is the view of the Democrat. The Democrat is just saying he's identifying out of this. He's not calling the entire Republican this. He is just simply calling these MAGA individuals that support Trump, that voted for Trump, and he's identifying them as the extremists. And the Democrats are totally okay with that. They're totally okay with saying that the former president and those who directly support him with all this, you know, uber MAGA hatness, right? That that group right there is extremist. And so from a, for a Democrats perspective, you're going to look at this and be like, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. You're going to smile and nod and, and right? Bob them for apples. This is just what you think. This, this is the natural way. So for my, my Republican friends watching this thing, this is what Democrats think is okay. Now, sure, that's concerning for us. Just as I'm sure if we identified, uh, which, which we did, AOC, right, the squad, right, Ilhan Omar, all them, um, being the extremists within the Democrat Party, Bernie Sanders, the socialist, right? We view them as being extremists, and we talked about how the Democrat Party had this squad, this small subset of people, driving their messaging, driving everything about them. We were, we were correct on that. And we viewed them as being extremists within what we understood before the Democrats represented. We didn't believe that all the Democrat Party was full-blown socialists. But then the messaging of this squad of AOC, Ilhan Omar, all that, we saw all the controversy between her and Nancy Pelosi and all this, and Bernie Sanders and all that, and then Biden becomes president. And guess what he does? He goes right along. He toes the line of the squad, right? Instead of being the moderate that we were all hoping that he would be, I mean, he didn't have to do anything. Congress didn't have to do anything. And they could have just, you know, ridden the return. But they didn't. They, they had to go forward with this extreme messaging and all that. So for the Republican, like, we have, to, we have to try to view this in, you know, trying to understand the Democrats. Think about the way we viewed AOC and the squad and them as extremists, right? That, that's how Democrats are now seeing the MAGA Republicans and the Republican Party, right? We're, we're both talking the same silliness. It, it, it's so stupid. Uh, both sides of the party are being stupid, all right? Whether you're Republican or Democrat, this is stupid. Why would we choose to divide ourselves so much? Both of these things are so stupid. So here's, here's where he makes the, the, you know, combines it together. This is where we ultimately know that he's tagging the entire Republican party. Instead of it just being the MAGA hats, he's now putting it on the entire Republican party. But there's no question the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. So you're now saying that the Republican Party is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA hats. All right? So this is the same messaging as when it came to the Republicans whenever we came out and said that the Democrat Party was being dominated driven and intimidated by Bernie Sanders and the squad and the socialist parties, socialist movements, BLM, Antifa, all of these groups that are, are indeed extremists, BLM and Antifa are very much communist extremists. Um, they were driving the party. They were driving party messaging, everything from defunding the police to uh, all, all the other things, justifying the destruction of private property and all the rioting that they did in those last few years of Trump's presidency uh, and everything that happened during the COVID lockdowns and all this stuff. All of these things, it, that's how, my Republican friends, that is how the Democrats view MAGA, right? So this is, this is the same concept that's just flipped. 
This is the Democrats now saying this about Republicans as opposed to when the Republicans were saying this about the Democrats. So he goes down and continues to say, these are hard things, but I'm an American president, not a president of red, red America or blue America, but of all America. Good messaging. Obama said the same thing. We should all see that our presidents do this, but your actions speak louder than your words. And then your continued words speak louder than these words. All right. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. I agree. That is that is 100%. I agree. No matter how painful the truth is, no matter how painful the facts are, speak the truth. Absolutely, Mr. President, everybody agrees, except for those who like to live in imaginary worlds. And here, in my view, is what is true. All right? So he, this is, I mean, he's really coming down to it not right now, okay? MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election, and they're working right now. They are. As I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose. Okay, so that implies then MAGA supports uh, getting rid of abortion, right? That's the whole thing, right? The right to choose is tied to this concept of, of killing babies in their mother's womb, all right? No right to privacy, kind of kind of out of the nowhere. Um, yeah, that's just out of the nowhere. No right to contraception. Wow, okay, where, where is there a law banning contraception? I don't see that. No right to marry who you love. Hey, nobody's saying that you can't marry who you love. We just, marriage is the union of a man and a woman. Just that word means marriage, union of a man and a woman. Whatever homosexuals do is make make up your own name for it, man. That, it's unique. You're supposed to be different from the heterosexual uh, traditional. Why would you take marriage, that term, and use it for your own purposes? Right? And that's all that that is. Um, but they promote authoritarian leaders. And you're not being authoritarian whenever you make unitary, unilateral decisions to do things. Um, and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our person. Where is the violence from mainstream Republican groups or extreme groups? Like, wh where is that violence? Where, where have there been riots in the streets performed and done by people of the right? Outside of January 6th and that riot that occurred there, where has there been anything? There hasn't been. Uh, political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Now, here's the thing. The positions that he's identified as being MAGA, and he's also identified MAGA as extreme, these positions have been mainstream Republican positions my lifetime, almost 40 years now, I grew up understanding these positions to be the Republican position. That's why I became a Republican is because I agree with these positions, not because Trump did. <laughs> Trump came many, many years after this being the main platform positions of the Republican Party. And that's why I choose to vote for the Republican Party is because those things are aligned with things that I believe. And so he's calling me, a guy who didn't vote for Trump, except for when it came to the end of the election, and he was the only option I had, 
All right. I didn't vote for him in the primary to be the, the presidential runner. But that makes me a, a trumpet. So immediately he's now tying policy and what policies the MAGA group believes to the mainstream policies of the Republican Party that have been there for a long, long time. Trump is just the one guy that, that stepped up and has been very bold in speaking it out, foolish, but bold, in going out and speaking these things and setting our positions. And so here, after stating all Republicans are not MAGA Republicans, here he is stating all Republicans are MAGA Republicans. You, this, this is what Republicans are hearing. If you're a Democrat watching this video, I'm explaining to you what Republicans hear in this speech. Now, you, you can say all day long that this thing was unifying, but you cannot deny that Republicans have heard this be a speech in which the president, the sitting president of the United States is calling the entire party, the opposing party, extremists. And he's tied it in our mainstream Republican platform views. He's tying these things together here. This is why it's divisive. This is why the Republicans view him, Biden, in this speech right here, calling all Republicans extremists. This is not unifying. This, this is truly abhorrently divisive. And even if he was just identifying MAGA Republicans, he called them MAGA Republicans. He's combining those two words together. Now, if he just identify it as, as Trump and his followers, that, that might have been a little better, but it's still divisive. Trump was a, a president, a duly elected president, just as much as Biden was a duly elected president. And he's calling him an extremist. And then he's putting all this stuff out here that, that isn't true. There, there, there is no manifestation of anything that he has said since he's become president outside of the January 6th riot and all of the outcry from in the Republican Party against the people who did the January 6th riot. Massive outcry against it. Every talking head out there called these people idiots. All right, Because what they did that day was stupid. That is not the way, that is not the conservative message. That has never been the Republican message. We never go out and, and commit violence in the name of anything that we stand for. We protest with peace. And that's what the whole 912 project was. It's what the Tea Party was all about. That's what all of that was about under Obama's terms. And to suggest that there's this continuous ongoing uh, acts of violence by these MAGA hats, it's not there. It, it's just not there. So let's continue on to the rest of the speech. They look at, at the mob that stormed the United States. Yes, correct. That is 100% correct. There was a mob and they, they raided the Capitol. Correct. Attacking law enforcement. Yeah, they attacked law enforcement. That was horrible. They shouldn't have done it. Not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our, because it wasn't an insurrection. We don't view it as an insurrection. The, all Republicans don't view it as an insurrection, except for some of those people that are trying to get political points, all right, which is why Cheney, Liz Cheney lost she was gaining political points. This wasn't an act of insurrection. This was a riot. These were people. Now, here's, here's the thing of it. He paints MAGA people as being against America, being against the Constitution. Have you ever stopped for a minute to ask why it is they did what they did? Have, have, have you thought about that for a minute? What was the reason for why they went and did it? Well, let's, let's try to understand what those reasons were. Number one, they believed that the Constitution was not followed. 
and the constitution of the several states were not followed. And that, they, that through that, there was fraud in the elections that resulted in Biden uh, ended up winning through fraud. They believed that the election system was corrupted. And so just as the Democrats believed that the Russians got involved and that's how Trump beat Hillary, so too did these guys with Trump believe that the election was stolen from them. They believe the Constitution was violated. Whenever you look at January 6th, they are uh, just anybody that was there at January 6th or anybody who's a MAGA hat person, anybody who's a Republican, we love the Constitution. All right. We believe the Constitution needs to be enforced and that it hasn't been enforced. It hasn't been uh, done, period. Like with the restrictions on government have not been restraining the government. Now, from that, the people who are there at January 6th, they believed in the Constitution and they believed that the Constitution provided a means to prevent this fraud from succeeding. And they expected that Mike Pence would do that on the floor of the Senate and he didn't. So that made them angry. And then that's where the riot came into play. Now, when they did this, it wasn't an insurrection because there was no military involvement. There was no coordinated effort. There wasn't, um, you know, Trump stepped down whenever Biden was already president. Right. And so, sure, may have been in the mind of some of the people there that they could stop them from counting the electoral votes and that somehow would prevent him from being that. Sure. That's, that's why they did it. Right. But overall, it was just a riot. They raided the Capitol building. They walked around. They stole some furniture and they left. In the process of getting in there, there was this small subset of all that larger group that fought with the law enforcement, that fought with the police. And there was injuries and there, and there was death. This is all fact. This is all real. Now, whenever they say that they're against the republic, they believed that the reason why they went to a riot, why they actually turned to violence for it is because they truly believed that our constitution was violated. They believed that our democracy was under attack, that it was subverted, that the roots of our republic were being upended. They believed the same thing that Biden believes about them. Isn't that interesting? The very things that Biden believes about them, they, the rioters, believe about him. That's the problem. January 6th should not be remembered. It should not have any type of honorary event. There shouldn't have been all these hearings or anything because it was a riot. And all this stuff that they're doing is doing nothing but giving them meat to what was nothing more than a skeleton lying in the dust about to just be corroded by the sunlight. But instead, they had to keep putting meat on these bones because they're for whatever reason they have. And so when we look at what happened on January 6th and we take a look at what all has happened since then, there, there's been no reason to believe any of the things that he's saying here is the case. Now, he's talking about laws that have been passed in multiple states to make the election process um, more um, answerable to the public, uh, making it harder for fraud to occur. And that's what the laws that have been passed. None of these laws have been trying to, you can't look at these laws that have been passed and say that that law is designed or intended to stop somebody from being able to go and vote because none of them do. None of them do. Not a single one of them. Yet, that's what they're trying to say. And so now there's dishonesty. There's misrepresentation of these people. Now, again, I was just much as much, while this thing was going on, I was screaming, Trump, tell these people to stop. 
get out there and stop doing this. This is, this is not what we do. And there were conservatives everywhere saying, this is wrong. Stop this. This is not what who, this is not who we are as conservatives. Why is this happening? Stop. And instead of acknowledging that and going and embracing those who stood up and coming alongside each other to acknowledge that and then just ending it and moving on with our lives and the peace that we enjoy, they had to just keep digging it up and digging it up and digging it up. And this is why the Republicans view this speech as divisive because yet again, they're digging up this thing that has no place being dug up again. So they tried everything to nullify the votes of 81 million people. Uh, that's why uh, respected conservatives, right? So now he's trying to bring some respected conservator, a clear and present danger. MAGA Republicans are not a clear and present danger to anybody. They're just a clear and present danger to the Democrat platform and their want to maintain power. Now, that's just a simple fact of it. There is a, in all likelihood, according to all the polling and everything going on as of today, the Republicans have a very good chance of winning back the House and the Senate. And that's a threat to the Democrat Party. That is not a threat to democracy. The, nobody is going and taking over Congress. There's an election that's going to be held and people are going to go vote. And whenever they go and vote, if their vote for their candidate wins the day, then they get a candidate there. There is nothing outside of democracy, outside of our republic, outside of our way that we do things that is happening. And there's no threat. There's no clear and present danger to anybody whenever it comes to people going to vote. Otherwise, why would we vote? So going on from here, all right, and folks, it's within our power, it's in our hands, yours and mine, and all this to, uh, to stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point, uh, and now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. So again, how, how can you not make a more clear message of division? You're saying that they're embracing anger. Sure, there's a lot of people that are angry, but where are they embracing it? Where is that anger being brought out? All right. When you compare it to the BLM and Antifa riots, their anger was pretty much brought out. And they burned cars, police cars, people's cars, businesses, they burned things to the ground. Their anger was very openly expressed. Where has that happened? Where have there been MAGA hats going down the streets with torches burning things? There hasn't been. But together, we can choose a different path. Yes. Together, we can choose a better path. All right. But if he had removed all that part here, all right, I'm going, going too long on this. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts and I know our history. This is a nation that honors our constitution. Yes. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. Yes. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. Yes. We honor the will of the people. Yes. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. Yes. We do not encourage violence. Good. All right. And from here, this, this message continues to, to, to go except he keeps going back to this and MAGA Republicans are destroying American democracy. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy. There's still division there. It's us, all right, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans versus them, MAGA Republicans, which make up a clear majority within the Republican Party because guess what? He won the primary election, right? He became the Republican candidate for both times. 
So everybody who voted for him, which would be the Republican Party who voted for him, you are now calling these enemies. And the Democrats, independent, mainstream Republicans, which we can only assume at this point, right? This is what Republicans are hearing. We can only assume mainstream Republicans are those who didn't vote for Trump, but instead voted for Biden while voting Republican for everything in Congress, which kind of makes them not exactly Republican. All right. All of these things that he's talking about from where he keeps falling back on that message. If you removed all of that from the speech, this speech right here, if he removed all the MAGA stuff, if he removed everything about MAGA Republicans and he got rid of the divisiveness of the speech, this speech would have won the Democrats, the House and the Senate again. Guarantee it. If he had removed everything about this hatred for some subset group that actually ends up being the entire other party, if he would have removed that from there, this speech would have won the Democrats, the House and the Senate for sure. But after the speech, I don't know. It's iffy. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of recovery uh, as you look at all the polls and everything from a couple of months back. Um, after Afghanistan and the screw up that that was after the victories that we've had in the Supreme Court for the right of the states to be able to determine things such as abortion and marriage recognition and all that. We're all on the right path. This belongs as a matter of the state. This is not something that should be enforced by the federal government. Right. And then all of these things bode well for the Republicans being able to retake it because the condition of our economy, the way inflation has been going, all the supply chain shortages, all that. But since then, Biden has had some victories, as they like to call it. It's not a victory when it was a party line vote and your party is in, in power, right? So the, law, the laws that have been passed, the, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is increased inflation, uh, and you know, some, some of these other ones that he's gotten passed have, haven't been with Republicans voting for it. It would be a victory that Biden could claim had there been a good share of Republicans who also voted in favor of what the Democrats presented. Because then that would show that Biden's leadership was such that the law that they could agree to pass satisfied the desires of the Republicans and the Democrats enough that they would come together to vote for that. That would be a Biden victory for sure, for sure. And if he achieved that, he passed a law that a majority of Republicans and Democrats would vote for, that is truly a victory. And I would give him that victory 100%. Just as with Trump getting Democrats to vote alongside him on a, on a matter, that would be a huge victory for him too, all right? Whenever both sides of the aisle come together to form a piece of legislation that both sides and majority agree to, that's a victory. And if it's the president who's involved in bringing the two parties to the table and reaching uh, some type of a you know concessions on both sides and a compromise on a law to come to a law that all of them could agree to and vote for, Yes, absolutely. That's leadership. That's coming together and finding compromise. And that's good. And if he did that, yes, that would absolutely be um, that would absolutely uh, be a victory for him. That has not happened. So as you go through the rest of the speech, I really want to make sure that I, I make this clear for people. Had he left out all the divisive portions of this, if he had left out anything about MAGA Republicans, if he just left out anything about Republican or Democrat, if he left out anything that talks about what I did, so I want to say this plain and simple. Um, so uh, anything about it's against the rule of law, et cetera, et cetera. We all know about that. Uh, respect the guardrails of the republic. People accept the results of free and fair elections. Yes, yes, yes. All of that doesn't need to be there. If you, if you got rid of all those portions of the speech and just stayed focused on the successes and accomplishments 
that the people of the United States have made, not Biden, not his administration, not the Democrat Party, not the Republican Party, not the prior Republican administration, the people of the United States and what they did. If he stuck to that, this 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 speech would have won the Democrats back the House and the Senate. I truly believe that. But he didn't do that. Instead, he chose to be divisive in this. And in so doing, hey, it may not have been his intent. And I fully understand that Democrats can't see why this message would be uh, divisive because they truly think that he's only talking about this small subset of the Republican Party. And he's not. He's talking about the whole Republican platform when it comes to abortion, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to uh, schools and education, uh, when it comes to voting and making sure people's voting rights are not being subverted by fraudulent votes, um, making sure our elections are strong, secure, and open and available to everyone, um, when our taxes are being reduced, when we're trying to keep everybody open and getting rid of lockdowns, um, when we're trying to prevent our children from being manipulated by an ideology in school that's dangerous and, and literally physically harmful to them. Um, all of these things, these are, these are mainstay Republican points. And in his speech, he's identifying those mainstay Republican points as being extremist and calling it, masking it with MAGA Republican. Democrats don't see it that way. Democrats believe that he's there's some subset and somehow the majority of the Republican Party is in some form of agreement with them on anything that Biden and the Democrats have done. I'm sorry, that's a delusion. That is absolutely a delusion. And anybody who's defending Biden and suggesting that this speech is unifying in any way, just look at the response of the Republican Party. Clearly, his speech was not unifying. Very, very clearly, his speech was divisive. It's not the Republicans being divisive. His speech was divisive in and of itself, and the Republicans are coming out and stating this fact. They are describing to you a reality. This message painted Republicans in the Republican Party, the message that the Republicans have heard from Biden's speech, not from talking heads, not from anything else, but just from his speech, that those people who believe Trump should be president who, if he runs for office in, in 2024, will vote for him. All of those people, Biden in this speech has called extremists and a threat to our democracy. That's the reality of this. So how, what do we do from here? What, what, what should be done from here? If we really want to come together and unite as a people again, what needs to be done? Well, number one, the Biden administration needs to stop trashing the other side of the aisle. He needs to stay focused on all the positive things that have been achieved where the people, not the parties, but the people come together to accomplish great things together, to pull out of, of everything that has gone down. If he really wants to unify our country, that needs to be his message for the remaining of the two years. It should be all about the great things that the American people are doing together. It should always be a message of the American people, the American people, the American people. Not Democrat, not Republican, not MAGA, not any of that. But it should always be coming out of the mouth of the president. Look at what the American people have done. We have 3.5% unemployment. All of our American employers are doing a great job of, of hiring people. And our people are hardworking, strong people who are courageous and who will go out there and take on whatever job they can get. And they're, they're just taking this thing on and they're going for it, right? Messaging like that, just, just showing the strength of our people, of who we are as American people. Get rid of any type of Democrat or Republican talk 
in any messaging coming out of uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre, uh, coming out of the president's mouth, coming out of Kamala Harris's mouth, coming out of the Democrat Party, out of Nancy Pelosi, the only messaging should be, look at what the American people have done and how amazing this all is. And if you wanna win, that's what you gotta do, Democrats. And Republicans, the same thing. Stay focused on the facts, on the reality on the ground of the things that have happened and on what is actually going on in the world and bringing it to light. Just simply do that and you will win. Stay focused on the facts, stay focused on the truth and drive to the unity that we have as a people, as American people. And that's what we need to strive for and that's what we need to go for. And I know that Democrats and Republicans on both sides of the aisle, people that don't you know wear the MAGA hats, people that don't you know, go wearing AOC t-shirts, people that aren't, you know, Bernie bros, people that aren't proud, proud boys, your regular American citizen who just say, I'm, I'm a proud American. I love my country, right? Those people, they, they exist in, in both aisles. We can come together and overcome all of this political stupidity and just get rid of it. Get the federal government out of our hair, allow each state to choose for themselves and their people what laws they will have, what things they will permit or not permit, and allow the people freedom of movement to go to whatever state they want to go to that has within its laws those values which they prefer. And we can all live in peace. We can all enjoy our time. The federal government needs to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Our military needs to be stronger and stronger and stronger. But the federal government needs to be smaller and smaller. And our state governments need to have the power and authority for their people to represent them and to live in peace together. That's what we gotta strive for. And that's what we need to be doing. And that's what, if you're a person who holds to an American worldview, um, whether other lenses have been put over your eyes over time, remove those other lenses and just stay focused on the American beauty that there is, all right? And that's what we should all be striving for as Americans. We are, are one people. We are one people and we need to stay one people. And even though we may be 50 different states, and in one state, abortion is prohibited, while in another state, it's, it's, it's allowed. That's fine. It's up to the states for people where they live uh, to have their state governments represent them and embody in their civilization the values that they hold to. And if you're a person who, whose values are contrary to the state you live in, then go to one of those other states that holds those values. That's okay. That is okay. There is nothing wrong with that because we're all still in the United States. You can live in that environment, we can live in ours within the borders of our shared nation and enjoy the fact that you can live out your life the way that you choose and we can live out ours in the way that we choose. We can hold to Christian values and principles. You can hold to whatever other values and principles you wanna to hold to that aren't Christian, whatever those may be. And we can all live in peace together. That's what we should be striving for and that's what we should be seeking to do. So. Thank you very much for watching. I hope this was uh, something to help the Democrats understand why Republicans view the speech as divisive. I hope this was a chance for the Republicans to view things in the lens of the Democrats and understanding why they don't think the speech was divisive. And the hope being that we can just understand this together, more so for the Democrats, because this, this is very, very important, that you, you are looking at Republicans as the enemy is that right? Is that the just thing? Should you be looking at Republicans as enemies? Why? These are your people. This is America. This, this, these are your fellow Americans. Why would you view them as an enemy? Is that what we should be hearing coming out of the president's mouth? Just ask yourself that. And, and 
know that for the Republicans, we hate this. The Republican parties hate the fact that there's so much division. We all hate it so much. Both sides of the aisle, we hate it so much. Get rid of it. Let's get rid of it together, right? And let's show that, that love and that compassion, that respect that America is supposed to be known for. So thank you so much for watching. My name is Will Campbell. Be sure to go and check out my Patreon page, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Help me build this channel into something that, that strives to bring peace and unity back into America by focusing on the American worldview, the wholesome worldview that brings us all together and allows us to live freely together. Um, and, and, and help me build this channel uh, to, to be a place where facts are produced and we're able to view things from an American perspective um, and, and make it into to something that, that provides that unifying message where it seems like nobody is providing it. So thank you so much for watching. God bless. Thank you so much for watching or listening or whatever it is that you're doing. Be sure to subscribe and hit the little bell to get notifications when new videos come out. And check out our Patreon page. Become a member. Help me hit my goal of 1,000 subscribers at $3 a month each uh, by the end of the year so we can help build this channel into a real news and commentary, providing the American worldview on all kinds of current events. So be sure to check us out on Twitter at the underscore way of will and reach out to me anytime there with questions or comments or anything you'd like for me to cover. Thanks again for watching. God bless. Take care.